Welcome to the Wild Minute with Troy. We are about one 24-hour cycle away from the Minnesota Wild dropping the puck. Tomorrow night, Monday night, 8.50 p.m. Game will be broadcast locally by Anthony LePanta and presumably Ryan Carter, Gorgie, and the crew. That'll be on Valley Sports North. You can also get the national feed on ESPN2. The Minnesota Wild opened the Stanley Cup playoffs against the Dallas Stars in Dallas on the road for Game 1 Monday night and Game 2 Wednesday night before coming home for two weekend games, Games 3 and 4 on Friday and Sunday at the X. The Wild, as we documented yesterday, have never beaten the Stars in the playoffs, but they've only played them once back in 2016 when the Stars handled them in six games. So looking at the wild strengths for tomorrow's game, and and, and, and quite frankly, a key for the series, this is no shock, but they have to play defense and it starts on the blue line. And I think the wild, um, if they put the right six players out there, could be in good position to not only slow down Dallas, but also compete with, they can be a, a slower and heavier methodical team too. So uh, looking at the blue line, you got Milton and Spurgeon who have been playing together almost all season long. Um, Spurgeon, one of the better defensemen in the NHL, but at five foot seven and 170 pounds, he has a tendency to not be as effective and impactful in the postseason. Because as we all know, the NHL playoffs are not the same game as night night in, night out in February or October or November. So the Wild are going to need Spurgeon to play large. Even when he does disappear a little bit, he's still their best defensive player on the team. And um, he's really helped out Middleton as well. Middleton, bigger guy, a guy we didn't even know existed about 14 months ago when uh, Billy G made a trade. I can't remember if that was on the trade deadline last year or a few weeks before that. But Jake Middleton added height, weight, size, to their blue line, and he also, with his size, blocks a lot of shots just like Spurgeon. Uh, Of course, now Wild fans will cringe every time a Wild player does block a shot after we see what happened to Jewel Eriksson-Eck with the, uh, whether that's a fractured ankle or just a severe deep bone bruise. Uh, Nevertheless, when you take a puck going 90, 95 miles an hour off your body, there are going to be ramifications. That won't stop this top defensive pairing, Middleton and Spurgeon, from hopping in the way of those. It was interesting to see last week when the Wilds started resting Spurgeon, um, how suddenly we noticed Middleton a little bit more, and that wasn't a good thing. Uh, we, I think his turnovers were up. He was out of place a few times. Um, and, and who can blame him when you're playing with, with one of the most fundamentally sound and structured defensemen like Jared Spurgeon, you will naturally play better or you will, you, you have that, um, uh, that shadow over you. So, um, your mistakes aren't, aren't often seen, but, uh, it, it was interesting to see that Middleton regressed to the mean a little bit, or, or we just noticed him a little more making some mistakes that we don't see when he's paired with Spurgeon. One last thing about the Spurgeon-Middleton line, and it was mainly Spurgeon this year, I don't know how many times in replays throughout the season did you see Spurgeon literally pull the puck from the crease when it was either behind the goalie or the goalie was out of position and on the other end of the crease and the puck was going in and Spurgeon swatted it out. I don't know the statistic for this. I would venture to say it was a half dozen times, maybe more. But the bottom line, those are real goals, and Spurgey is always where he needs to be. So over this series, I'm certain 
we won't be worrying about that pairing. The second pairing, Jonas Brodine and Matt Dumba. It's been well chronicled. Matt Dumba will not be on the team next year. They've tried to trade him two or three years in a row. Couldn't get the value they wanted to on the deadline. So now rather than throw three or four million at Dumba next year, money they don't have for a player of his quality or his level, they're going to let him go. And uh, so this is probably his last a go around with the wild, which is a surprise to no one. But anyhow, Brodine and Dumba are that second pairing. Um, in a perfect world, I'd move Faber up to the Dumba spot, but Brodine and Dumba played together all year. Brodine likes Spurgeon. Um, actually, Spurgeon isn't underrated. I think Jonas Brodine is underrated, could be the most underrated defenseman in the league. Um, it was interesting, though, uh, that when Brodine missed a series of games earlier this year that kept him out of the lineup, the team just kept winning. I don't think that was a, a indication of Brodine as much as it was an indication of the hot streak that the Wild were on. But Brodine's another one of those players, always in the right spot. If there's a if there's a, a an odd man rush or a breakaway, you want Brodine defending that. He often breaks the puck up. He has uh, good back checking skills. Just an all around great player and uh, should play an effective role in the playoffs this year. As well as, and I joke about this, but he babysits Dumba. Um, so Brodine will have to continue his his solid play as well. Uh, going back a couple years ago, remember Game Seven where the Wild were down 3-1 to one in the series to the, to the uh, Golden Knights, came back to tie up the series 3-3, and then in Game 7 at Vegas, Jonas Brodeen uh, injured his shoulder six minutes into the game. He left the game, and the Wild literally unraveled after that and lost 6-2. to two. This this Jonas Brodine is one of those players that you 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 do notice if you pay attention how good he is, but you really feel it when he is not there. So um, Jonas uh, anchors that second pairing with him and Dumba. Third pairing as of yesterday was Klingberg and Faber. As we reported earlier uh, in practice this morning, uh, it was learned that Klingberg suffered a lower body yesterday during practice. So today, John Merrill and Brock Faber were skating together on that third pairing. Now, I won't go too deep into the Klingberg uh, analysis. We've talked um, at length about this in previous pods. He's been a mess in the defensive, known, defensive zone, which we knew. He's not a defensive-minded uh, defenseman. But the Wild traded for him on the deadline because of his ability to quarterback the power play and his offensive skills. Now, in the three or four weeks since Klingberg joined the team, we haven't seen much of that. Yes, Klingberg is the best of the nine defensemen on the roster, skating laterally along the blue line in the offensive zone to find that open lane to get a long shot to the the goal, to the goalie. But the turnovers in the defensive zone, the turnovers in the offensive zone, um, I don't know if the Wild can afford to risk that when one turnover can literally turn a game or a series. So it'll be interesting to see if Klingberg comes back from that lower body tomorrow and plays with favor, or if John Merrill, who's a big dependable uh, defenseman, not going to score much, um, uh, one thing I'd say I'm concerned about Merrill is he, like Hartman, can take some stupid penalties, uh, and that's from getting out of place. But if he stays structured, I really like Merrill more than Klingberg on that third pairing. And then we've talked about Faber, the gopher skater who just, uh, what, literally a week ago landed at 3.30 in the morning and 12 hours later is on a plane to Chicago to make his NHL debut at the Wild. He's in two games against Chicago and at Nashville. He's shown maturity beyond his years, bigger body for a team whose defensemen are small like Spurgeon and Brodeen. Um, Faber's a good skater, good puck handler. 
doesn't get caught out of place often. Yes, this is a small sample size, two games into his NHL career. But the Wild, it, it, put it this way, I feel confident in him, but for a coach and a GM like Dean Evason and Billy who really favor veterans and don't like to stick their neck out with rookies, they're starting Brock Faber tomorrow, and that tells you all you need to know about what they believe this guy can do. So if Faber gets paired with John Merrill, uh, that'll be because uh, John Klingberg will be out with the lower body, and then your healthy scratches on D would be Alex Goligoski and Kalen Addison. Wild feel good about their blue line. They feel good about their D pairings. And then one last thing, I wouldn't be surprised late in the game, nursing a, if they're clinging to a one-goal lead, move Faber up with Brodeen, shorten up the bench, and in the last four minutes of the game, go with your top two D pairings, Spurgeon and Middleton, and then I'd go with Brodeen and Faber. Um, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that. But this is going to be a defensive series. It's going to be low scoring. Dallas plays structured. The Wild plays structured. And I like this blue line and think it's going to be one of the strengths going into the first round of the playoffs. Keep checking back for these pods. We're uploading content all weekend long. We want to make sure you are fully prepared for the Wild playoffs when they drop the puck Monday night. Don't forget to find me on Instagram. That's Wild Minute Troy. I'm on Apple. I'm on Spotify. We'll talk to you soon.